rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 13, Special Tax Season Edition. Al Chalk, official accountant of Referee Rent. Al sits down with the rant and discusses the importance of an official and the mindset off the court as a business entity. Learn how to start a company, tips on best practices for tax minimizing and tax liability, reporting expenses in officiating, and assistance in becoming and being your own boss. My conversation with Mr. Chalk now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, and I'm with one of my main guys, Albert Chalk. He is a tax preparer. I met him in 2013 when I just started officiating. Uh, I had the fortunate circumstance of really hitting it off with him that day, and he's been helping me uh, with my expenses for officiating ever since. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. I'm good, man. How how you doing, Ralph? I'm good. I'm good. All right. So... Officials, they don't necessarily think of themselves as entrepreneurs. When they first start, they think of it as like a side hustle. Um, But I do remember that first conversation that we had, you really steered me upon thinking of it as a business. Um, Yes. What makes you think that uh, officials should look at it as an entrepreneurial situation? Well, a couple of things. One, um, about me. Uh, I've been doing taxes uh, pretty much 30 years. I've been preparing taxes um, in, in very, you know, various uh, capacities. But the reason I steered you, initially you came to me with a 1099. And um, the IRS considers that to be sole proprietorship, self-employment income. So um, with that, there's really only one way to address that type of income. After you explained to me the whole referee uh, position and how it works and and that sort of thing, I said, you know, okay, so obviously this is a business. You may not be viewing it as a business, but it's a business. You're out there, you're hustling, you're making your money. Um Why not set it up as a as an established business, and and then you'll be able to take advantage of all the perks and and benefits that come with owning a business. Well, really quickly, what's the difference between a ten ninety nine as opposed to uh, something that you would get from an employer that you're working for? Okay, well, the difference with a ten ninety nine and let's say something like a W two or other forms is different forms, but. Usually, people are most familiar with a W-2. The difference between the two is that with a W-2, your employer takes the responsibility of taking out certain things for you, whether it be uh, employment uh, taxes, uh, Medicare, you know, all of the other, all those FICAs that you see coming out on your W-2. 
all that information the employer handles. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he just gives you the W-2. He pays you every every two weeks or whatever it is, and and that's it. With a 1099, you're an independent contractor. So you're responsible to cover all the things that the employer ordinarily would have. Now, <clears throat> the benefit of having a W-2, right, is that while the employer is taking all those things out and covering you, you don't have to worry about that. The drawback is that every penny you make on that W-2 gets reported to the IRS as taxable income, and it is taxable income. The difference on the 1099 is that you get to deduct your expenses that it costs you to make that money. So if you get a 1099, let's say for $100, and you get a paycheck for $100, when it comes to the taxability of that money, you have expenses associated with that 1099, like travel, like uh, whatever your uniforms would have been or whatever other equipment you need in order to operate your business, those become deductible. On a W-2, that's just straight money. There are no deductions, especially now with the new tax law. There are no deductions that you can take from your W-2 that, or should I say, they have greatly reduced the amount of deductions you can take. Uh, relating to your employee status. So, you know, that's where the 1099 is a benefit because now instead of getting taxed on the full $100, you could, you know, through expenses that you deduct, you may be able to knock that down to $75 and get taxed on 75 as opposed to 100 Okay, so the name of the game is to show some sort of expenses. That way your tax liability is reduced. Right. Well, and it's genuine. It's not, I mean, it's based on your record keeping. So the the trick for you and I would assume many other referees is to keep accurate records of the expenses you've put out in order to generate that 1099 income. Okay. So an example of that would be association dues if you're... Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. Shoes. Shoes. uh, Pants. Any equipment that you needed, uh, any any expenses that you incurred traveling. And how do you you go about showing travel do you just say um, I bought twenty dollars worth of gas and you report that I use well $20 it, there's worth of actually gas? there's two ways that the IRS allows you to be able to deduct vehicle expenses in your case and in probably many other refs case the uh, the ideal way would be by mileage to take the mileage deduction Um that way, you could accurately record your mileage from game to game. It's very easily verifiable, and uh, you know you won't necessarily run into any issues with the IRS. Uh, if if you you know deduct things like your gas and tolls and that sort of thing, you could well not so much tolls, but gas insurance and everything associated with your personal car then you have to differentiate what is actually used for you personally and what is used for your business or for refereeing. 
Okay. And so you would say that, because I know a lot of officials, especially the ones that are more side hustle oriented, they prefer to get cash over 1099. You're saying don't shy away from 1099. Right. Oh, absolutely. Don't shy away from 1099. And, uh, you know, you actually, according to the IRS, you have to report all your income anyway. So if you are given $100, it's very similar to you receiving a 1099. It's up to you to report that additional income on your regular tax return. Now, you still get all the same benefits. You can, you know, take your deductions. But the issue then becomes how do you accurately record that you receive that income? Okay. And that's why 1099 is better. It's, you know, it's all third party. Now, let's go back to equipment. Let's just say, for example, I don't have a computer and I realize that um, I need one so I can make sure that my schedule is correct. So let's say, for instance, I buy a tablet or a computer. Yes. Do you say that the expense of, let's say, for argument's sake, the tablet cost me $600? Are you saying that there's a $600 expense or is it just a percentage well, well, the IRS works on a, on a policy of exclusive use. So if you exclusively use that piece of equipment, whatever it may be, for your refing business, then yes, it is 100% deductible. So you could just say that whatever, if it was $600, then... Whatever the expense is. And it would be up to you to keep track of that, save receipts, keep it... In this day and age, there are so many different ways to to track business expenses that, you know, you can pick any one, QuickBooks, Wave, whatever, um, and keep accurate records of what your refereeing expenses were for that year. Any equipment that would include refereeing equipment that's exclusively used for refereeing or like you said, a tablet, any equipment, any equipment. Okay, so how about a phone, which is at this point in time an essential thing in everybody's lives. So it's probably more so used for personal use, and obviously it gets becomes a gray area because I'm sure that's how referees contact each other and network and exchange absolutely. information. So well, can that be considered an expense? Absolutely it can. Absolutely cell phones can be uh, considered an expense. The better practice is to have a cell phone that is exclusively used. Um, so then there's absolutely no question. You know, you could have your own personal number and then you have your ref number. And uh, same thing with any apps you would download or anything that you would use for that cell phone. If it's exclusive use relating to your business, then it's exclusive use relating to your business. Okay, so let's say somebody doesn't really have the business acumen and listen to this podcast and say, hey, maybe I don't want to have this under my name. Maybe I want to use, I don't know, an LLC, an s Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What are the best practices if you are a referee and, and you wanted to set up, a, I well, guess, a business entity? Okay, well, initially you're going to be viewed as a sole proprietor regardless. If you receive a, de- a 1099 or you receive cash and you're reporting it, you're a sole proprietor. If you want to go beyond that, uh, you could very easily set up an LLC. You have to see how it works into your overall tax strategy. But um, you could set up an LLC. You can quite possibly do an S-Corp. 
uh, if that's where you want to go with it. You could set up any of the, the entities that would be that are considered business entities. Um, uh, what you would have to look at with that is to see if you had any personal liability or how you wanted to structure it. So that would be on a case-by-case basis. But um, just initially, right out the gate, uh, starting off, you're, you're a sole proprietor. So you are already um, a business and you are already a, a business entity. Um, you know, like I said, you can then do an LLC if you want to put that on your business card or whatever, and you want to grow your business. Um, so what are the steps of, I guess, acquiring an LLC? Well, I mean, there's, there's plenty of ways. The most common way for, and probably one of the least expensive ways for sole proprietor in this circumstance is through something like LegalZoom or one of those online operations. But what you need to do first is speak to someone and really see what the reasoning is behind you getting the LLC and whether whether it's necessary for you. Hmm. It's very it's really based on an individual uh, you know case by case basis, and you have to figure out if it works in your strategy. Don't just run out and get one. I get clients all the time. They come in, they got S-Corps, they got C-Corps, they got all this stuff on LegalZoom because somebody told them. Um, There really has to be a specific strategy that you use in order to use every entity or any entity. But you're saying that if it's a sole proprietor, it's either best to just either leave it alone or set up an LLC in the situation of an official? True. If you're if you're just starting off, I, I really can't foresee a circumstance where you would have where it would be necessary for you to go beyond a sole proprietorship. That doesn't mean that there's not a reason for you to move on to an LLC or anything like that. It's just that you could operate your refing business as a sole proprietorship and do just fine. Mm. Okay, so it's not necessary, but it's also, it could be preferred based on your It could strategy. be preferred, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, what are the best practices for someone, let's say it's tax season and they're just a little bit confused as to the record-keeping portion, they just started refereeing, what are the best practices to submit paperwork to you um, if they don't know exactly what they're doing? What, well, what are you well, looking I, for? I would, I would love a Excel spreadsheet or... Uh, you know, some QuickBook notes, that would be fantastic. But if that's not the case, uh, what you want to do is, is really, you want to take control of the situation and you want to say, okay, I'm refing, I'm making money. This is my business. And you want to operate it like a business. You want to make sure that you record, uh, you know, accurate notes um, as you do it. So you may keep a log in your car as to your mileage. Uh, you may keep a list of the games that you reft so you can then go back and say, um, you know, what was the mileage from my home to the game or from wherever you're leaving to the game. And really quickly, when it comes to the mileage, are you counting it just to the game or to the game and back? No, it's, it's, all the mileage associated. So it's to the game. So let's say I pop it in the GPS, so, in other words, I'm not at the game, and I'm looking how far it is from my house. And it says, I'll pop in a location, and it says 14 miles. 
that technically means that it's going to be 28 miles, right? Right, exactly. Because it's two. Because it's two and from. Exactly. So yeah, that that you know that's one way you you can actually keep uh, mileage as you go, or you can do it that way. A lot of a lot of clients just say, okay, I played this game. You know, I left my home. Blah blah blah. This is the mileage, and then that way it's uh, it's third party verified. So you know, using Google or whatever your GPS is. Okay, so you're saying the best thing to do is just already come prepared with a spreadsheet of some Oh, absolutely. Your, your tax preparer will love you if you come in with all this information already documented. Um, I know with us, for... <laughs> when I first started, I was my, my paperwork game. For, so. for a year or two, it was kind of like pulling teeth, but... Um, but after that, you got the hang of it. And that's that's really the way it is. You just have to run it as a business. Anytime you receive money additional from your regular job or place of employment, um, it's all business. Okay. You know. Any other final thoughts? Um, well, I would say that once you get into this, form of, of making an income, uh, definitely do, do some research on, on running a business uh, because it'll just, it'll help you increase. If you're in it for the money, okay, um, in addition to doing your research about, you know, refing calls and whatever it is. <laughs> By the way, Al doesn't know anything about I'm, I'm not very I'm not very, you know, sports oriented, but... Um, whatever it is you do is include in that research business research so that you can accurately report your information, not only to your tax preparer, but should, um, the IRS want to question some expenses that you have, you want to be able to accurately show them where you've gotten those numbers from. Okay. This was uh, very informative, I think, um, I'll just say that uh, Al was very uh, instrumental in making me treat the game of officiating as a business. So ever since then, I've been taking meticulous notes. And in the future on refereerant.com, we will be providing a form. That way you can uh, capture all of this. And including in it, it'll be the expenses, the fee, uh, the partner that you worked with, and also, I guess, just your game experience. So that way you could just have it in one form. And Al and I are going to collaborate on RefereeRant.com on instructional videos of best practices with figuring out those expenses. And that way, you can be prepared next time you see your tax specialist come tax season, whenever the government opens up again. All right? So, signing off, man. Uh, Al, I I thank you for your time. That was very informative. I'm pretty sure that a lot of officials will get a lot of value of this because, honestly, a lot of people don't think of it this way. They just think of it as, like, I'm refing, I'm refing, I'm refing. Oh, I can't do a 1099 game. I yeah. can't do that because I don't know what to do with that. I, I know a lot of people, they do get 1099s at the end of the year, sometime after they've already filed their taxes, and then it, it poses a tax issue for them. So, um, so yeah, definitely this is the beginning of the new year. You know, start keeping your records. Right. It's still early on, so chances are if you've already refed, I don't know, 80 games, that's where I'm at already. Um, you could probably backtrack and look at your calendar and look at all your games scheduled and you could probably just 
backtrack and figure out what the mileage is now that you know all of this information. But obviously moving forward, it's best to just kind of do it day by day, bite size, instead of waiting in December and trying to figure it all out for the rest of the year. True. Because that doesn't help anyone. Because we want to be out there on the field. We want to be out there on the court. We won't want to be doing any paperwork. So it's better to just do it piece by piece, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Your, your tax professional love you. <laughs> okay, so um, thank you again. My pleasure. And I'm excited to do this again with this instructional videos. <laughs> we'll work on it. Referee <laughs> Rant, this is Ralph the Ref, signing out.